Welcome to Capes, Cows, and Masks, the show where we uncover the world of soups and science fiction. I'm Jay Hart. And I'm David Osgood. And today, we're going to have a look back at 2020, because it was a strange and very different year for us all, and we're going to have a hopeful look forward to 2021 at all the new movies, question mark, coming out this year but as well as all the TV shows that we're pretty confident are all on track to come out and there's plenty to keep us busy. But Dave, how have you been, man? How was your Christmas break? How was New Year's for you? I'm sure, like like me, it was rather different to most years, but how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, it was certainly different this year. I think, you know, I don't have a big family anyway, but it was kind of just, we mixed it up. I was with my dad this year, which was quite different. And yeah, but, you know, as usual with Christmas, you know, it's eating lots of chocolates and lots of treats and that kind of stuff. Um, I watched some very random films and uh, but still got to see some of, you know, the the new releases like Soul. Obviously, we managed to catch Wonder Woman before we all got closed down again, uh, which, again, the more and more this time progresses, it feels like it was a, a race against time in which we just narrowly escaped uh, as we watched that film and yeah and now it's been a good break as well to to catch up on some stuff to to watch through them some things and a lot of times throughout the year i don't get a chance to like do things like play video games and stuff like that so i've used this break as well to finally uh, play through fallen order the star wars game which i was glad to see that i was not alone on this because i think Maybe the editor of like Empire Magazine was also played through this recently, um, and one of my friends, Joe Richards. So it's been quite a few, quite a few people on the internet and Twitter, etc., have been going through this game. So I'm glad I'm not the only one who's late to the party on this one. So th- that's been a lot of fun as well. Yeah, that's a great game. I played it last year um, when it came out. Oh, I should say two years ago now, 2019. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fun game. It's sort of what I always kind of wanted from a Star Wars game, you know, lightsaber going around, hacking stormtroopers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like you, man, it was a strange Christmas, a bit different and weird, but at the same time, there's nothing too bad about that. You know, I spent it with, obviously, just my closest uh, family, my girlfriend and just her, her parents. So it was very small, but intimate and nice. We do our yearly tradition of waking up and watching The Muppets Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. As we're opening presents, because that's a, that's a nice one for us, uh, and yeah, what managed to catch Soul, which was a lovely film, and the Mandalorian Disney Gallery, which was interesting to watch for the much talk about season as we did on Monday Lorian. So it was nice to see how they did all that. So yeah, New Year's, of course, we just I was in bed quite early. There wasn't really much any point in staying up. I thought so. Just carrying on, you know, more lockdowns for us over here, but just getting through as much content as we can and. You know, hopefully, be a lot of content we can watch this year to discuss. So we'll see, we'll see, man. But I'm, I'm hopeful this year. I'm hopeful things might start to get a bit better. But um, so far, the start to 2021 <laughs> has been a bit rough. <laughs> Especially if you live in America, you know, there's yes. a lot of times in which you just think like, yeah, people are decent human beings, and then something happens, you're like, oh, I'm starting to doubt everything. I, I, you know, your faith. Then, you know, we can only get through all of this if uh, you know people you know wise up and and hopefully be sensible and safe etc and you know that that's what we need you know i don't want to get too tom cruise on it but, <laughs> but uh you know on the set of mission impossible but you know there, there 
we're talking about the movie industry and comics and everything, isn't it? So there's a lot riding on people doing the right thing, behaving, and governments and stuff like that, so that we can get back to this normal normality if that's ever going to be a thing again. But but I think that, like you said at the beginning, we still know that there's plenty of TV shows and plenty of content coming our way because a lot of it was delayed from last year as well, so we've got lots to keep us occupied anyway. Mm. Well, so let's sort of start with that then. 2020 was, as we sort of just said, uh, it was a very strange year. Uh, what with the emergence of this COVID-19 virus that's going around, uh, which put put the world on halt, not just cinemas, but um, the whole world on halt, which is very, very peculiar to see in this day and age. I've never, which is, it's just mental because like not even world wars pulled the world on halt. So it's just unfathomable that something like this has happened. But because of this, obviously cinemas were shut and mass gatherings were obviously not a good idea. So all the big movies that were coming out, all these huge comic book tentpole movies, most of them were all delayed until 2021 uh, or and beyond as well. So, you know, we're sort of going to look at the ones that did come out uh, and also a lot of the TV shows because if 2020 showed us anything, it was that it has begun, the streaming wars has. You know, what with Disney Plus... Uh, expanding out of the US to globally uh, into our shores over here in the UK, Europe and everywhere else. Uh, HBO Max launching. Uh, obviously, that's not over here yet, but still, it's a big competitor. So it's, it's it was a very interesting year for the entertainment industry. Not much news, obviously, because as I said, everything was on halt. But Dave, what are your thoughts about 2020 and the whole sort of experience and ride of what a year it was? even though it felt like 10 years in one year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think a ride is a good way to put it. It was a, a virtual ride. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm not one of those which is going to be like one awful year. And, you know, there's many reasons for me to say that it was a terrible year. And I definitely won't forget it because there was some pretty crappy things that happened uh, personally, as well as, you know, the pandemic and everything especially you know people who live in wales and stuff know that we had like things like floods and stuff before that even happened but i think you know i always try to look at the positives and everything like that and i think that you know it did give me a lot of memories and stuff you know there's obviously starting this podcast with yourself you know we've had you know the monday lorians with yourself and niall and there was a lot you know in some ways i've seen some of my friends more this you know the, the past year than i had in previous years because of like virtual get-togethers and stuff like that and there was those experiences of, you know, DC fandom, you know, that's something that maybe we as fans wouldn't have got to see before. It was always, you know, behind a paywall or you had to have tickets for it and that kind of stuff. And the Disney Investor Day, you know, we were there messaging each other as it went along, like, oh, my God, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So while there has been, you know, negatives of it, it's given everyone a time to reflect and to prioritize certain things to work on things they've never done before and you know especially in this day and age people talk about how much content there is and especially i think it was interesting that 2019 was kind of the peak for that in which you had so much stuff coming on netflix and amazon prime and disney plus was coming out that a lot of people were just like i don't have time for all of this and the cinema was a big deterrent from that so in some ways as well i was kind of like oh, this is nice. Everyone's got a chance to catch up on all these series and video games and TV shows and films that they've never watched. So I think that was a big plus to take away from it as well. And I think going forward now, I think the difference is 
looking back at like something like April in which there were all these films that were like, oh, we don't know when we will see them. We don't know where we'll be in a few months. And I think the worst bit was that because like you said, the world was put on hold, even though we're like in lockdowns and everything now, it's not like it was back in April in which it was like all these countries were all on lockdown at the same time. So I know I've got like friends in Australia and Norway and stuff. And I was seeing the same stuff from them. They were posting on socials like, one of my friends, Tom, you know, was doing like TikToks and things like that. So it was weird that we were like, oh, we're all in this situation, which is, is not the case now because different countries are in different scenarios and have handled it differently. But also, I think the the most depressing thing back then was, as well as the cinemas being closed, it was the fact that film, filming on everything had been halted and stopped. So there was this kind of oncoming doom of being like oh no will we ever get this film what's going to happen to this tv series whereas thankfully now it seems that you know filming has started it back up on everything and it's not a case of like once once you go into lockdowns that they just completely stop everything you know workplaces still need to carry on the, the industry needs to carry on so it's not a case of like oh no even when we get these films we don't know if we'll have the films afterwards because everything has stopped you know, we've learned more about the virus and everything. We know that, like, they, they've continued to make things. We know the series is still getting commissioned, still getting filmed. So with the Disney Plus stuff, for example, you know, we know we're still getting that. We know that even though it might have halted filming on, say, Ms. Marvel or Captain and Winter Soldier, for example, we know that they could go back to that. And even though we're in a bad position now, they're still making that stuff, but with all the precautions necessary. So I think that that's important to remember as well. Yeah, absolutely. Similar to you, I had a lot of ups, a lot of downs this year. Obviously mentioning starting up this podcast was a big up for me and the Monday Lorians and also just committing more time to like being more creative and doing more creative projects. You know, as you said, it was a big year for ref reflecting back and it was quite a big reflection for me in my life. So it helped me a lot in, in that sense. And um, yeah, I agree with you on all the events and stuff. That was something that maybe you know the whole world was involved in like we were all like social media twitter facebook everything was on fire hey, everyone's going great look at this look at that mm. and it was just so those those are the times where i love social media and love twitter because everybody's you know just so happy about all this content that's coming out and stuff and then obviously we got the negative side which is the doom scrolling but we're going to try you know keep it positive on here and not focus too much on the negative and then um in regards to the industry you know it's been I think this sort of halt on the industry, in a sense, has done the industry some good. There's a lot of studios reflecting back, again, as we just said, say it's a year of reflection, looking how maybe things can be improved upon in different regards. And we see now all the measures are in place. Productions are still allowed to resume as long as people follow the rules. You know, we don't want another Tom Cruise situation <laughs> on our hands. <laughs> And, you know, if people adhere to the rules, we can keep getting content. Cinemas, that's a different scenario altogether. But, you know, we'll, we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, but I, I fully believe we can come out of this if we just pull through together, obey the rules. And, you know, with as we said, there's plenty of content coming in 2021. Uh, so stay at home, people, because there's plenty to do at home. None of this. I hate when people say, oh, I've watched everything on Netflix, so there's nothing to... <laughs> no, you haven't, okay? I'm sure <laughs> you can find something on there that you haven't watched. So <laughs> no excuses, people. And uh, like I said, I believe if we all sit together, we can get out of this, and then we can go all back. I just want to go back to a movie theater 
with my friends cheering on the Avengers. Do you know what I mean? I want that experience back. But I've got to do what I've got to do. So, and and wear your masks, people. <laughs> wear your masks. Yeah. Well, that's the biggest thing as well, is I think going looking back again at, you know, the, the early part of the pandemic last year, is that, you know, there were literal wild animals in the streets because, again, they didn't know how this virus was being transmitted. They didn't know if it was just airborne or if it was through touching anything. So, again, it was like, stay indoors, don't leave at all. You're literally locked down, locked into your apartments, whereas, like, now people know, oh, I can still go outside, I can still go for a walk. That was back in the days of, like, you can only go for an hour's exercise. And, like like I said, literal wild animals were starting to go into, like, towns and cities because they were becoming abandoned. It was, like... I am legend or something. But again, now we're not seeing that kind of stuff. So that was a special moment in time, which we won't get back now because we understand more about the disease. But that was a one in a lifetime sort of thing. Like we're never, the world is never going to get to that state again. I don't think like it's just, it's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. And it'll, it'll be interesting going forward as well, starting to see some of the content that's made from the pandemic as well. You know, I've said for a while, you know, I, I'm just worried that we're going to start watching like a Spider-Man film and he's there like two meters away from Mary Jane. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love you, Mary Jane. And, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's it's weird how like soaps and dramas have become like a precursor to like, is this what like content's going to be like when it's like yeah, filmed like this? It's, it's weird. I think I think for narrative content, we're going to be OK, because, you know, a lot of these yeah. like productions now have got you know, they've got daily testing, they're testing everyone as they come in and as they leave, all this sort of stuff. So I think they're within that regard because they've got their own bubble. They can, you know, touch and kiss or do whatever they want in the films and, and TV shows. Yeah. But I find it odd when I'm watching like, like, you know, the standard British game shows and, and like talk shows and stuff like that. Yeah. It's really weird to see everybody like so spread out and stuff. Yeah. It just looks odd. It's like Graham Norton. It was such a big thing to have like the big red sofa. And now it's like three individual red armchairs. And I'm like, oh, it, it, like it's lost kind of the charm from that. But yeah. um, something random, you said about wear your masks and stuff. Like, again, it's, it's, it's like a stupid thing, but I hope they don't do this in any Hollywood movies. If they do want to replicate what the world is like right now, is don't do this stupid thing of being like a character, having a mask because it's a thing right now and coming over being like, oh, hey, um, you know, they see him in a shop or something. I've been wondering what you and Johnny are doing together. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. You don't start talking and then take the mask off if you're in a public place. Like, you wear the mask because you're talking. God. I hate it when they do that hey, in dramas and stuff at the moment. God, I could... Let's not get into this because I, <laughs> yeah, I, we, this could be the whole podcast, I tell you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Spider-Man. Don't go taking that mask off in your, in your 2022 film, okay? <laughs> positive vibes, positive vibes, positive vibes. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so let's look at some of the stuff that we did get in 2020. Obviously, most cinemas, well, all cinemas were shut and most films were delayed uh, to 2021. But we did get a couple, some on streaming, uh, some in theaters. Uh, the first one that we got before the coronavirus happened, uh, well, coming over to the U to the Western world, that is, uh, was Birds of Prey. Then we've got st streaming on Netflix was The Old Guard. Uh, we also had Bloodshot, which did release in theaters, but then quickly transitioned to VOD. We had the New Mutants, the ever-long New Mutants that kept on getting delayed, delayed. And, of course, Wonder Woman 84. Not much in terms of movies, for obvious reasons, but what did you think of the sort of content we did get in terms of the films? I think it's just the same as what I felt for the entire of 2020, to be honest. I think, apart from... 
there's a lot of people out there who will make lists of like their favorite 2020 films and if you're like british then a lot of the times people can be like oh yeah parasite and 1917 and stuff but personally and i think you're the same i saw class those even though i watched it in 2020 my film brain can't like connect that because they were like talked about in 2019 by so many film reviewers and they appear on so many lists and they're on imdb as 2019 so that's the way i see it so unfortunately for the official 2020 films then i just felt that everything was kind of just meh and okay nothing blew me away nothing was spectacular and i just felt that it just carried on throughout the entire year unfortunately and you know it was the same with you know the likes of birds of prey and you know bad boys and all the films that that came out in that that period was like okay yeah but this is the kind of usual january february fair in which you then start to get your better stuff later in the year and then unfortunately that stuff didn't really come and the stuff they did experiment with is maybe the stuff that they already knew was problematic or was going to be kind of i would i don't want to say a failure but might have been a dip in the box office compared to maybe some of the other mm -hmm. films that they have held on to and they have delayed so I think that, yeah, all of it to me just kind of felt a bit meh. I think obviously TV series, as we'll get on to later, they did have some massive highlights, and that's been a lot of my favorite content for the year has been in the form of television. But yeah, I just felt, you know, I enjoyed some of them, and like, you know, New Mutants of Birds of Prey, you know, I haven't watched them back, but I'm looking forward to going back to them for certain aspects. But I'm not like, wow, you know, what a film. Can't wait to go revisit that because of this, that, and the other. It's just certain parts of it kind of thing. So that's just how I feel about the early part of the year, and then it just carried on throughout the rest of it, really. Yeah, I'm sort of on board with you. I think uh, I had a couple more positive films that I really liked this year. Birds of Prey being one of them, I actually had a lot of fun with that. I really, really like, I do like that film. Uh, I know you have some criticisms mm. of it, though. But the others, yeah, I'm pretty much with you. Bloodshot, Old Garden, Mutants, even Wonder Woman 80, 1984. I was just like, eh. Like, I just feel as if the, mm. the standard of quality was a lot lower in here. But in other genre movies, I did really love The Invisible Man. That was a highlight for, one of the highlights for me in uh, 2020. And I have I have my criticisms of it, and it's weird because of of the re the release plan of that film. But I also had quite good fun with Tenant, Christopher Nolan's latest film. So, but that was a weird that's mm. a weird film because it's when it came out and the scenario of how it was coming out is just a it's a weird scenario. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that again, unfortunately for even some of the highlights it's like the story around them almost became the film and the experience for me as well. So like Tenant is a good example. The savior of cinema, you know, all this. Yeah, that, you know, and like you have to see it on the big screen and this is the big cinematic experience. So again, I, it's almost, I look back on it as a kind of like tech demo <laughs> or something, you know, like I enjoyed it, I thought it was really good, but I don't see it as like, oh yeah, what a masterpiece of film. I was just like, yeah, that was a really good example of how to play with editing and you know like the IMAX experience and storytelling and that kind of stuff but it wasn't like the complete mm -hmm. package for me and I think again that was the same for then like Wonder Woman I was like yeah this is like the fun of the cinema where you know like you know crazy jumps and flying around and all that kind of stuff but again it wasn't that 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 whole package and you know again when New Mutants it was like you know the film that made delays cool before delays were a thing you know it's like that was the thing about that film it wasn't the actual film itself uh, for me, I like that that film finally was released. That the highlight about that film that it was yeah. finally released because I was sick of talking about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
Although, because we were locked inside, though, it was really nice that we did have quite a lot of TV shows to go along. So, I mean, for me, some of the highlights, The Boys Season 2 is probably my favorite TV show of the year. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, we also have The Umbrella Academy Season 2, Doom Patrol Season 2, Harley Quinn Animated Series. Uh, we got the final epic season of The Clone Wars, Mandalorian Season 2. Um, I know you... You watched Westworld and Castlevania, high score. So plenty of stuff to sort of sink our teeth to from all sorts of different streaming services, Netflix, uh, HBO Max, or I should say Now TV here. That's where we get all the HBO stuff. Amazon and Disney Plus, of course. So what are your thoughts on how we transition to all this sort of TV? And now, as all these big studios have been saying, this is now the future for them, at least for the next few years. Yeah, again, it, it kind of goes to what I said earlier, isn't it, about, you know, well, this gives us a great time to go through all these series and, like, you know, bulk watch all of these, you know, programs, you know, Game of Thrones and things that have gone long running, you know, seasons and that kind of stuff. And, and that was what was great about Disney Plus as well, is that that was a highlight for last year for me, because even though America had it at the end of 2019, obviously in the UK, it didn't officially launch until 2020. And it was a real saving grace at the beginning of the pandemic. You were like, oh, you know, <laughs> I was there watching Recess every morning with my cereal, like loving life. I was like, yes, yeah, like I'm, you know, eight years old again. And I loved that. It was really nice. And, you know, obviously in terms of comic book stuff, you got the classic animated X-Men and, and Spider-Man. So revisiting all of that is really fun. And in some ways, you know, it does kind of then overlap some of the newer stuff sometimes because it's the nostalgia and everything of it. But it also goes down to what you said earlier. Like, I've watched everything on ever. I'm like, no, there's like plenty of things for you to watch. And it just goes to show it doesn't have to be like the newest programs. You can go back to things you've never seen before. Or hell, you know, go buy a DVD if you can't find it on Netflix. But I think... God forbid, Dave. Yeah, it, I know. God yeah. forbid somebody How dare would they? buy physical media. <laughs> <laughs> but... uh yeah, I, I think that that was a big part of it for me. I think then because of that, you had the Clone Wars finale was was huge for me. And Fucking it was, chef's kiss, that show. Like. <laughs> yeah. it was. It's hard for me to think of it as like a 2020 show because I think it's... If it, I don't know, it's almost like New Mutants in that like we as fans have waited so long like please finish the clone wars and it never seemed like it was going to happen and again even when it did arrive like loads of people were making jokes about new mutants of being like is this film real i don't believe i've seen it you know all that kind of stuff it was almost like that with clone wars i was like it was just it's such a long waited for thing it's hard to see it in the same way as like oh yeah the boys which released you know the new series that come out in 2020 this just seemed and like stuck the landing you know what I mean? And it stuck yeah. the landing fucking hard. Like, I've never, like, the, the amount of tears coming from my face on that yeah. last episode. I don't think Star Wars has done that for to me in a long time. Like, it's... And also that it just felt like it just picked up straight from where it left off. It's like the animation stayed exactly the same. The music, the characters, the voices. You know, may, okay, maybe the production went up slightly, but... There was very few things in it that you were like, oh, this feels different. This has changed. So again, I think that's why to me it didn't feel like, oh, this is a 2020 thing. It just felt like I was watching Clone Wars from like eight years ago, which like I loved. And I do think that that like final four part, which a lot of people have said is some of the best Star Wars that I've ever seen. It's fantastic. I love that arc. The The Siege of Mandalore is amazing. 
Um, and it has some of my favorite characters in there. So that was a big highlight for me. It was really emotional to go through that. And similar to that stuff I said about, you know, recess and stuff before, it was like, it was flashing back to a, a simpler time. I mean, I think for me, I, I said it up top, but The Boys season two is a highlight without a doubt. Like Amazon killing yeah. it on this show. Like giving the, giving the creators mm. all the freedom, they're pretty much like just do whatever. I remember reading some interviews of of the, of the creators when they when this season show was coming out, and they were saying that they were pitching stuff to Amazon that was outrageous, and they thought it was going to get denied. And Amazon were like, "Yeah, go ahead, go for it." Like, which is just uh, it's you don't yeah. really hear that in a studio, you know, you don't he- see that many like f- so much freedom to do whatever they wanted and. Oh boy, did they push the bar on this show! Like in all sorts of things, politically, graphically, you know how TV shows, superhero shows should be watched, what they represent, what they're trying to say. So many deep things, and especially like it's it's a, it's an amazing show because it's incredibly relevant to our time and what we went through in 2020. But at the same time, you can watch this show any decade. And it will resonate because it mm. plays on big themes throughout human history. You know what I mean? Racism, uh, social unjust injustice, all these different things. So, uh, abuse of power, corruption. So, ah, oh, just such a good yeah. show. Social yeah, media is fa- all that fantastic kind of t- television, and I can't wait for season three. The only shame is that because of obviously the the, the halt on a lot of things. Uh, they weren't able to go straight into season three like they did with season two the year before. So we'll we will just have to wait a bit longer for season three. But other than that, mm. fucking amazing show. But even that goes back to what we were saying before. It gives like people gives time to watch things and do things and be more creative. And it's the same for Hollywood. Like they've had chance to rewrite things, to polish up scripts, to like you know. So it, it might work out better again for season three. Whereas before they might have been rushed to get in production, they might have had a bit more time to fine tune the scripts and the episodes and everything. It's you. You actually uh, posted it on our yeah. on our group the chat. The retweet yeah. of uh, saying uh, Donald Trump's given him plenty of material to work with here. <laughs> Yeah, Eric Kripke, yeah, go check it out. It's just, you know, and that, again, was perfect because it was, you were watching that TV series and being like, oh my God, this is ha- this is happening right now, what the hell? Yeah, and which is insane because, like, that show, obviously, season two would have been written way before 2020, like. Yeah, so, like you, I think The Boys is, again, because even though Clone Wars was, like, so special to me, I it was hard to, like, see it as a 2020 thing, so that's why, like, your, you, the, the Boys is my favourite tv series of last year because it touched on so many things and i think you, you pretty much mentioned it all day it was so important like everything that they brought up and they just went for it and again it's about you know having the right tone having the right characters and i think it was important for it as well and this was a year again where we were talking about like experimenting with different releases and throwing different things out there it was this big movement of going to the weekly release. You know, loads of people like were so against that. There was so much backlash against it. Me and you were there, like, you know, like I, I don't see a problem with this. And most, a lot of journalists and writers are now turned around on it, and they're like, oh, you know what? I was wrong. And I'm like, yeah, because look how fucking well it did. Do you know what I mean? You get people talking about it every week. The boys, the Mandalorians, a perfect example. For eight straight weeks, that's all people talked about. Yeah. But you look on the opposite side of that, and I, I still want to talk about this as a highlight, but the Umbrella Academy, that kind of just came and went. You know, it's really unfortunate because it's a fantastic show, but 
you know, people don't remember it the same way because it unfortunately just landed. It was there for a hot minute and then went. So, but I do want to mention that show because again, it was like the weird timing of it. We had just had the Black Lives Matter stuff happening. And then you have this big storyline in which they go to the 60s and you have like characters dealing with racism and getting civil rights and stuff. And that's like, whoa. I was like, did they know what was going to happen? Like, that was crazy. So that was also a highlight for me is just, again, that timeliness. And while the boys was able to talk about that commentary and stuff, I think the Umbrella Academy didn't do it to the same degree as they did, but they did still have a lot of important messages and commentary in that show. But again, it probably hindered them as well, being contained to a a season dump. Um, But that's just what Netflix does. So they might continue doing that. I don't know. But um. But yeah, I think that that was really a highlight as well. No, I agree with you. And on that note, I think the Netflix model, for me anyway, I don't think it works. I'm not a binge guy. And like you said, you know, you, you dump it in one weekend. Yes, people talk about it for that weekend, but it's quickly yeah. out of the conversation because next week something else is dropping. Do you know what I mean? And I feel as if they've sort of painted themselves into a corner now because I don't know if they can change formula now because they're so famous for the binge thing you know they sort of started that i don't know if i can see netflix becoming oh this show is going to be dropped weekly like well i don't know i I reckon a lot of netflix hardcore people will be like oh i don't like that like yeah it's uh it's the pandora's box thing essentially isn't it they've opened the box and can they go back and i think that it also gets rid of that water cooler moment as well, isn't it? Like, you know, with... I've always said this, the water coolers, yeah. We, we we can say, you know, like, hey, did you see episode three of the Umbrella Academy? You know, it's, you don't get that. It's like, where are you? I'm on episode nine. Oh, I'm on episode three. We can't talk to each other. It's So you have to... And then it's really unfortunate that then you have to just talk about the season as a whole. So I've had a lot of conversations with people like, oh, I loved episode three. I loved what they did there. And they're like, oh, yeah, what was that again? I can't remember. It's like, oh, you know, so... You, you miss out on some great things because you just talk about things as a whole. It's like 10 hours. A perfect example was The Mandalorian when we did The Mandalorians. Do you know what I mean? That was amazing to go take each episode, take our time with it, and look at everything that they're doing in this episode. Because they're also so different in a way, each episode. So, Yeah, like the penultimate episode. Can you imagine maybe like having the effect of that episode if we had just binged the entire thing? You probably wouldn't have taken on what happened in that episode if it wasn't for the, the weekly release. Well, and the same for all the character reveals. Bo-Katan, Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert, guys who haven't seen the last episode of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Luke Skywalker and yeah. all these other big characters. So, so yeah, I say bring it back. Bring back the weekly format for TV. Um, and, and, <laughs> and But it, do, it, it does comfort me that hbo max are doing that they're doing the weekly thing so um yeah that's another thing i'd like to mention about 2020 is hbo max like it has the this man this service has the potential to be big because warner brothers they own so many huge properties you know dc comics harry potter as well as other huge huge franchises so why are they not capitalizing on that and i there's this big question mark over it as well about is it going to be available outside of the US, which I think is hindering them a lot. I mean, especially going forward into 2021 and beyond with all the projects they've announced for HBO Max. Hey, we want to get some th- something over here as well. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and I think their originality has really been their strength as well. The fact that they're like, hey, we're doing this like Lovecraft series. And you're like, okay, that's random. That's different Raised by wolves, man. E- yeah, you know, and that it's you know it's based off the fact that it's Ridley Scott. So, it, but it's not just like hey, Ridley Scott does an Alien series. You know, it's like Ridley Scott 
the the name there is enough to like get people on board so it's a, a chance for him to do something different something new and i think that that's the only thing as well that i feel from netflix is that as much as like we mentioned at the top like i enjoy castlevania and i kind of get mixed up with it, it might have been this year but i i i might i at one point i like watched all of the voltron series they did because i got recommended it when they started it because it was a lot of the people who were involved in like avatar and core and stuff and it was one of those where i was like oh i've like watched i've started it now so i may as well finish and as like i got to the end of it and i was like yeah that was fun but it was kind of just so light of other things and so like felt the same vibe and similar and again i loved like castlevania you know they just go for it it's like violent as hell it is batshit crazy uh pun no intended um, but it's the fact that I st- you still come away from like go like I still feel that that's like a kind of studio made thing. They're like, hey, you know what's popular? That and let's make like this thing. And that's why what's so great about like the boys. And I think the Umbrella Academy is like the exception to that for Netflix. But there's so many times where I watch things on Netflix and going back to the movies again. That didn't help. Like movies for 2020, 2020 is the old guard extraction. Mm you know all the christmas films that they came out with everything i watched on there i was just like this is just that other film you know this is just like a rip off of that and you know i think if they do want to be taken seriously they really need to like make themselves original and not just be like hey you know let's just make this film but in a different way and and even some of the director-led stuff is kind of still i think you said it about like mankin stuff isn't it it's like you've got somebody big like david fincher but didn't really wow people it's still like this kind of like typical hollywood story so I think like that as well. I would I I think that Castlevania and stuff while it did impress me, I just hope that we get a bit more originality from them in the future and it isn't just like hey, let's just do this program but in a slightly different way. Yeah, I'm finding that with a lot of Netflix's movies where I've said it before, I don't know if I've said it on this show where it seems very algorithm based type of films like yeah. they're just throwing things at the wall to see what sticks and they're like the, the algorithms are showing us that this age group like this type of movie at this length and it's like give them that yeah. with this actor do you know what I mean so let's give them that and it doesn't seem to be very creative or original I- I- in a sense and you know yeah. which is funny because Netflix make a big thing about being very creative and f- you know creative freedom make whatever you want yet the things that they're making seem very formula formularic which I get a lot of people say that's the same about the MCU that's a different conversation, I think. Yeah. Well, I got told that by a filmmaker who actually worked on a documentary for Netflix. They actually said, you know, they got told you need to have this happen at this time in the, the episode and you need to finish with this type of ending. And this needs you need to have this specific cast member because it all fits the algorithm. And it's like, what? Algorithms. We're making pictures here, not algorithms. Like, so. Yeah. Right. So I think we can go into like the events then that sort of happened now, obviously, again. No mass gatherings allowed, so stuff like Comic-Con, all sorts of Comic-Cons, you know, D23, Star Wars Celebration, all of that cancelled, and by the looks of things, it won't be happening this year either. But we'll see, we'll see. So, these companies had to come up with new ways, and what was everyone doing? Everyone was Zooming, everyone was Skyping, everyone was Teamsing, everyone was using all these different virtual meetups in some way, so Comic-Con was the first one to give a stab at it which I thought was kind of poor because it seems very pre-programmed and like 
and and it was just like oh it's just going up on youtube at this time like uh, so it wasn't like a live sort of feel to it which mm. I, I feel as if it, if it's live it's creates a bit more of, of an atmosphere but then yeah. i think it was really done well with as you mentioned up top with dc fandom and the disney investor day where they sort of took their time with this and think right it's a bad situation but how can we make the best of a bad situation and they came up with this format of you know having this live with this virtual dc i'll talk about dc fandom specifically this virtual dome where they can get you know the hosts and the filmmakers in a very safe environment bring all the cast in on their zoom things and stuff and they should show us trailers and featurettes but i thought it was done very very well very professional in the sense and then I thought Disney were like, hold my beer. And they did an even better job. But, you know, Disney loves doing these sort of things. And if there's one thing I can say is that Kevin Feige, virtual room or not, he knows how to talk to a crowd. So uh, w what do you make of, like, these new virtual event things now? And do you think it's going to be like this for the next year at least? Or do you think we could start seeing gatherings again this year? Um, I think it'll be like uh, for the future, to be honest, not actually like the gathering side of things. I think what the Comic-Con one showed as well is that a lot of properties and stuff have been leaving Comic-Con for a few years anyway. So even at the last in-person Comic-Con, they, I think like one of the only, like one of the biggest things they had was like the boys season one, but a lot of the movies and everything had already gone to like D23 and those kind of own conventions so I think unfortunately it is going to be now that HBO or Warner Brothers or whoever they want to brand themselves, I think that they're going to see it as like, oh, we need to have our own event as D23 has already been doing. I think it shows that Comic-Con is so reliant on the fan side of things. It is like the costumes and the cosplaying and the stalls and seeing all the the merch and all the stuff that comes out of it, all the hot toys and all that kind of stuff. And even though, again, there was still an, an essence of that they had like slideshows and montages of d the best costumes and stuff but again you, you can't really capture that actual feeling of somebody there like interacting with them and all that kind of stuff and getting unique pictures of you know <laughs> spider-man versus the blue power ranger or whatever <laughs> so i think that you lose that side of it and i think that that's where comic-con will against thrive in the future but i think that these announcements while they might still use the conventions sparingly in the future i think that they will keep it in-house and they will keep it to their own and i don't even think they will be like conventions i think that i think that the disney investor one was a classic example of this isn't like a fan event this is an investor call <laughs> you know which was like bizarre you know we're we're tuning in like woo, can't wait for this but it's like literally just there for the purpose of being like this is why our profits will go up blah 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 well i think i i i do think they adjusted it somewhat to make it s s s like for the fans a bit Oh, yeah, definitely. But I think that was much a response to DC fandom as well, is that they were like, oh, we need to make this a bigger show and that kind of stuff. Otherwise, it just would have been one of those typical conference phone calls that we hear with Bob Iger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
But I think going forward, they know that the D23 is that version of DC fandom rather than, I don't think Disney Invest Day is going to be this thing that people like, woo, can't wait, you know, like somebody there with a Disney Invest Day t-shirt, Disney Invest Day 2023. Honestly, I wouldn't put it past you if they were like, yo, look how many people tuned into that. (laughs) Let's do it again next year. Live from New York, Disney Invest Day. God, it's... <laughs> it's just called like DID, and it's like, what does this stand for? You know. But anyway, yeah, I think it would it would go back. You know, whether they make D twenty three yearly or something like that, maybe. But to me, DC fandom felt a bit more special because I think that even though you said about the whole their beer thing. I felt the D23 was such a, like, throw, you know, like, here's all this stuff at once kind of thing. Whereas I like the DC fandom, like you said, I like the virtual dome. Let's go to this room now. Let's mm-hmm. go to this room. And it wasn't, again, like, hey, let's go to this head of marketing and this guy who heads up. Because, again, Kevin Feige is a great guy. but And most of the people they have, like the head of Pixar, the head of Disney Animation, are pretty cool. But, again, is is the head of Disney Television the most interesting person? He's just, like, a CEO Whereas the DC stuff was more like presenters from the regions and directors and comic book writers. So I felt that there was a bit more liveliness from them. And it was just a fact as well that they were being like, hey, tell us about this. You know, here's the cast. Here's the director. It wasn't just like, here's this. Here's that. Here's the logo for this. Here's the trailer for that. It was a, Sorry to you know, interrupt, but I would say especially for the Batman and Matt Reeves. Where he where he was yeah, just exactly. laying down everything he loved about the character and what he what his vision is for the film, which is crazy. That's what I mean. It was like he was like, "Here is my vision. Let me invite you into like my pitch for this film," which I think was really special. So I think that I actually think that DC fandom did a better job at the whole event and presenting something thing. It's just that Dis- the Disney Invest today was <laughs> <laughs> laughing. I was thinking about that as a convention. <laughs> they just obviously beat them in the sense of just the sheer number of things. Yeah, I would say in terms of news, they but, but yeah, but the actual event itself, yeah, DC fandom was more for the fans. Right. Yeah, so I think that going forward, maybe they'll make that an actual live event and that kind of stuff. And that there will be a bit more of that kind of like, here's us presenting all the projects we got for the next few years. And the Comic-Con and all that kind of stuff will be preserved for the actual fan events that they are, rather than the, these chances to announce different things and that kind of stuff. There might still be the element of like, we're going to premiere this trailer at Comic-Con or something like that. But like, you know, the whole like, let me show you the timeline of Phase 5. I think that'll always be kept like Disney and, and the same with warner brothers etc yeah i mean it makes sense to me i i think i've been saying this for a while that i think warner brothers should just make their own convention for dc because they've always had a big presence at comic-con you know since marvel pulled out of comic-con years ago everybody's eyes were on dc then because they had the biggest presentation so i was always like well just make your own because it costs way less money you know (laughs) and it's just and and obviously this gave them a perfect excuse to experiment with that and now like you said, I do hope eventually when we can have gatherings again, they keep the name DC Fandom and, you know, but have it with, you know, a live audience. That would be that'd be awesome. And hopefully we can go to that one day. That'd be kind of cool. But yeah, I, I think yeah. I think this year we probably will still see the virtual sort of cons, you could say. But hopefully by 2022, I'm, I'm hoping that we can we could start yeah. to see 
some of some of the stuff back in again. And I agree with you with the Comic Con one. Comic Con is a bit more special that it relies a lot on. I say relies as it's a bad thing. No, what it should be about is about the cosplays, the action figures, the comics that you get at the store. And I do kind of hope for. I actually look at this as a positive that the big studios leaving Comic Con is a good thing because then Comic Con can get back to what it's really about, and that's the comics. Do you know what I mean? The yep. more niche of the niche stuff the comics the action figures the cosplay or you know the stuff that you know that bunch of people can just gather in a room and as i say sweaty nerds just sweat out and be like i, I got issue 161 look it's love that shit <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean it's, it's crazy so hopefully one day we can do that again so um let's not forget the funko exclusives oh yeah all those you know, funko like pops all those stealing funko. my money as always <laughs> let's let's look to 2021 then so we're hoping that the films that got delayed to this year will come out. I still think there's a bit, for some films, not so much, but I still think for other films, there's some question marks around them. So obviously there's a, loads of films coming out, but I'll just list, I think, the comic book big ones, sort of sci-fi epics that we talk about here. Uh, we've got The Kingsman, Morbius, Zack Schneider's Justice League, No Time to Die, James Bond, Black Widow, Godzilla vs. Kong, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings, The Suicide Squad, Dune, Eternals, Spider-Man 3, and The Matrix 4. Spider-Man 3, obviously, is still unnamed, as well as The Matrix 4. But Dave, what do you make of that list, and do you think these films will actually come out this year? What I make of the list is that it very much feels like a we-had-to-push-everything-back-from-2020 kind of list of, you know, it's not like 2020 cinema schedule replicated it's that plus everything else and it's like a bit odd from that point of view and i think that they've tried experiment and trying different things so much that again like you said you'll still get an element of that this year but i think there is still an element of no time to die can't delay anymore there's just you just you just can't and it's the same with like Black Widow and a lot of these properties. They just they just can't sit on them for that much longer. Like I said before, because not only does it build debt for the studio, but it's just like people lose interest and feel that they're, they're kind of done. You know, we I talked about it on uh, Well Good Movies. You know, we just felt the like No Time to Die. I was just like, and just felt like I've seen that film like 20 times because I've watched the trailer that many times. And... So, you know, and I think obviously the HBO move has made a big impact. So, yes, I feel that we probably will get Suicide Squad. We probably will get, you know, Dune and Godzilla Godzilla yeah. versus Kong, you know. So, but I hope it is the case of what they said, you know, with Wonder Woman, that it'll be on these services, but in cinemas where possible. So I am looking forward to the fact that somewhat like in summertime america still wasn't comfortable opening a lot of their big cinemas in their big cities because they were still dealing with a lot of like high cases and trying to suppress the virus so i'm hoping that you know we might have a similar situation here in which like cinemas open a bit earlier and that once the warmer weather and stuff like that comes in then we're still able to view that stuff. Might be a, a selfish, sorry. <laughs> but at the same time, we don't have HBO Max, so we can't watch it at home. And I think, again, I, I don't want to keep harboring on about this, but, you know, if they don't, 
they need to get their shit together and do something for foreign mm. foreign markets because they can't keep doing this kind of thing like oh it's in cinemas everywhere where they are cinemas oh wait cinemas are closed in all those other places oh well sorry it's like no you need to come up with something you need to come up with an alternative Look, I'm, I'm, I was against the decision. Still am sort of against the decision of the HBO Max move of like, we're all going to premiere where cinemas are open and also on the streaming service. I, that's mm. a bigger... I have doubts about that on on the bigger picture, you know, the, uh, for the industry in general. But I get it. We, these are the times we're in, so you've got to do what you've got to do. So if you're going to do that, I think for the UK and everywhere else outside of the US, give us the same option. Where cinemas are open, it's avail- it, you can watch it or you can it's on VOD you know you could pay yeah. for it to rent it at home or, or something but you know I'll, yeah. I'll go back to Wonder Woman 84 you know there's people in the UK and play, throughout Europe who still haven't seen that film and won't get to see that film until I think it's the 13th of January that it comes out on P- in the UK yeah. at least so what's going on there do you know what I mean big question mark is Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is highly, you know, for a lot of people, <laughs> I think whether you're a fan of Snyder or not, people are going to watch this film just because they're fascinated <laughs> about what it's going to be. But yeah. it, there's still this huge question mark of like, uh, over here in Europe, like, how are we going to watch this film? Do you know what I mean? You said it's HBO yeah. Max exclusive, but what do you mean? Like, we don't get to see it or what? Is it going to come out in cinemas? Are you going to have a physical release? Is it going to yeah. go to Sky? Like, you haven't told us anything. So, and yeah. I feel that with a lot of their projects, Godzilla versus Kong, The Matrix 4, Dune, all this stuff, I'm like, yes, but what about us? I know it sounds selfish, but I'm, st- I'm a bit like, but you need to have backups in place if we to go into another lockdown. Now, look, we're in, we're in a lockdown now in Wales. England have just announced a full lockdown and they won't be reopening till the end of March, earliest. So that means the Kingsman, mm. which is meant to debut in February, what's going to happen with that? We can't. Uh, obviously, that's yeah. that's Disney. That's I'm not saying it's Warner Brothers, but what's going to happen with that? How are we going to see that film? So, Yeah, and I think that the problem as well is that I think, to me, the HBO... W- the HBO Max situation is a happy medium, I think, that because you're still putting it in cinemas where they are able to, and the law of cinemas in the US uh, are open. I think that it is, it's not that Pandora's box thing of, like, it's only on here. They can still go, oh, well, we're now taking it away from this service. Yeah, they might be like, okay, well, you can pay £30 to watch it at home, but you can also pay £5 to go watch it in the cinema. That's, to me, what I think makes sense, is that you pay for the more premium experience at home because you're paying for that luxury, and you pay the cheaper experience to go watch it in a room of 100 people because you're watching it with 100 other people. And that... I think is why HBO, at least the situation there means that you're still getting that happy medium that they're not going, oh, well, we can't go back now because at least it was in the cinemas as well as at home. Um, I do think, though, that with the case of Godzilla vs. Kong, The Matrix 4 and Dune, like we've said previously, is that they are potential new franchises. And I think that it hinders them by saying that these are worthy of streaming and at home. I think that Again, I'm not happy the Suicide Squad is like on there. But again, I, I can see the logic of like, okay, well, this is already an established brand. It's part of DC. So it's not set. Yeah, it might be setting up a new era of the Suicide Squad, but it's not like Dune, which is literally brand spanking new. 
So I think that, and again, you get in all these other random films, like was it um, In the Heights, like that Lin-Manuel Miranda film, like that is like a perfect example of being like, yeah, that makes sense going on there. It's kind of like a mid-tier movie and there's loads of films like that going on there. So if they're having all of those films go on there, well, why do you have to sacrifice things like Matrix 4, Dune, Godzilla vs. Kong, which need that cinematic release to be like hey look we're a big deal again especially matrix 4 like hey we're a big franchise again Godzilla versus kong like hey we had these two films that were kind of mediocre successes but this is why you should be excited us for the future of a big franchise not just like oh we're just going to dump it online and then some people might like it but you won't get a gauge for whether it was successful or not i think that that's Whereas like another Suicide Squad would kind of yeah, be inevitable I also regardless. think with those films you're, you're mentioning, particularly like the Suicide Squad, Dune and Matrix 4, those are all in like the later half of this year. So in a way, I think they maybe called it rather mm. early. Who knows what, what we're going to like. You know, yeah. Dune is meant to come out in October, right? You know, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, mm. I'm hoping you would think by then that we've got some sort of handle on this. The vaccine's rolling out or whatever. I'm not going to get into that right now. You would hope that by then, okay... A lot of cinemas are open now. People are starting to maybe go out, socialize more and stuff. Let's just release it in cinemas. So I think, but you can't now mm. because you've already said that you're going to release in HBO. So I think it's just a bit of an early call for some of those films. I should have, maybe I think, what I would have done anyway, is that, okay, the first half of 2021, all these films will be coming to HBO Max because we're, we're unclear yeah. what what is beyond that. So, But anyway, we'll see. Obviously, yeah. if I can get to a cinema, I will be watching all of these films in a cinema, if I can, uh, as long as it's safe as well, of course. So, as they said, all these companies, streaming is the future. Disney+, Plus, HBO Max, Amazon, Netflix, we've got it all. And so some of the shows that are going to really... I think Disney+, Plus, most of all, in terms of like comic book stuff... Uh, what with the MCU, they are going all out for the TV shows this year. We got One Division, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel. That's just this year alone, not including what else we got coming up uh, in 2022. And then we've also got some other shows from Disney Plus, like Star Wars, The Book of Boba Fett, The Bad Batch, Amazon. We've got Invincible, that new animated show coming out, and plenty of other, you know, super comic book shows that we are still unsure. When we're going to get them, but, you know, Boys Season 3, Umbrella Academy, Westworld, I believe, is probably having another season. Uh, same goes for Harley Quinn and all these other amazing comic book shows. Obviously, I, I don't watch it myself, but I know there's a big fan base for the CWDC stuff as well, because all those are resuming very shortly. So what do you think, Dave? Do you think it's too much? Is there too much TV? Or are you happy that we're getting a lot of different stuff going on this year? Yeah, I'm happy that we're getting a lot of different stuff this year. Again, I think it's just that combination of the films and TV shows. I think that it might be a saving grace that say like we get to May and it's still like not in the position that we need to be, though you would still have those Marvel shows to fall back onto anyway. But I think that idea of being like, hey, invest in this like eight to ten episode long series and then go watch like Black Widow and Shang-Chi all at the same time, as well as getting comfortable with going outside and go to the cinemas at the same time, I think is quite a big ask. So I think that that's my biggest concern. I think I can understand them doing it because, again, it's why I said before, it's the idea of all these things that got delayed last year now being pushed onto this year. But that's why I'm con I'm surprised that they've just kind of been like, yeah, Miss Marvel, Hawkeye, did and I'm like, well, we we probably would have just been happy with Loki, WandaVision, and and Captain and uh, 
Falcon and Winter Soldier. So, <laughs> Captain and Winter Soldier. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> the <maybe>. final episode <laughs> of the show that hasn't come out yet. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that they just didn't simplify it a bit more and just be like, right, these three series that we didn't get in 2020 and the what if as, as a little bonus. So, yeah, I hope it doesn't become a bit too much. On the plus side, you know, like I said, if everything does start getting delayed or shut down and everything again, then we'll have plenty of content and stuff to keep us happy. And also, like, what was great about Mandalorian is that you had that thing to look forward to every Friday. There was that talking point every Friday morning and that weekend we'd be talking to different friends and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I need to get up to watch that. So I think it's good that you'll always have that as well. You'll always have that thing to watch. It's not going to you know, stop, I tell you. It's, it's every Friday for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that's really fun. But again, I'm just concerned about how it will correlate with, uh, you know, the different. And, and even again, it's like, will we be watching all the Marvel stuff? And then Suicide Squad will come out and be like, whoa, I need to get my head in the different, <laughs> you know, universes kind of thing. Whereas usually you have like, you know, Avengers Endgame comes out and then two weeks later, you know, this other property comes out or whatever. So you've got a bit of buffer time kind of thing, whereas it's a bit harder when you're like constantly having like a TV show, which is like out every day and week when you're trying to get your head around like another franchise. You know what I say, Dave? Fucking mm-hmm. give it all to me. The only, <laughs> pr- the only problem I have is time. Time is the only issue here because I don't have enough of it. To watch all this show, like that's the only problem for me. I'm just give me all of it, just fucking. Just like X Men Days Future Past. If I had time in a bottle, <laughs> the first thing I would like to do is watch all of Disney Plus. <laughs> no, I'm I'm super excited for all these shows. I can't wait. I mean, maybe it's just the nerd in me, but I can just I can easily go right. I'm out of Marvel. I'm in DC now. That's not a problem. Like uh, I can yeah. I can imagine maybe for general audiences it can get a bit confusing wait who's now and what now is this the is this part of that universe or like whatever so i get it i get it people but um you know i for me i'm just gassed man like look at all these amazing shows we're getting like who would have thought i would be so excited for a boba fett show who would have thought Mm. the world would be excited for a boba show you know what i mean everybody's like oh my god the book of boba fett (laughs) as well as all this marvel stuff coming on like Focusing on the secondary characters, like no one would have thought that we would be so excited to see all these characters in a TV show, which is insane. And I also think it's a big feat what they're doing. Now, Marvel have already done something which I thought was impossible, (laughs) which is build up this huge interconnected universe of films, interconnected to a point of like, this is insane. But now they're taking a step further with the TV shows interweaving with all the movies. So it is a huge undertaking, so I have to give them props because they're hu- very ambitious going for this. And if yeah. it works, which you know, I'm I'm pretty sure it will work. I think it will work. I think everybody's pretty much on board. Again, that just goes to show why they're the arguably the best movie studio in Hollywood at the minute. You know, they they're just consistent. They know what they're doing. They know their audience, and they know how to execute things. You know, say what you will about the movies. I'm sure we've all got opinions. You can't deny how they operate as a studio and how successful that is. So, yeah, I'm yeah. super looking forward to all the shows as well as obviously interconnecting with the movies. And then I just hope, you know, some of the smaller shows get their time to shine. I do hope we do get like Umbrella Academy or Boys 
providing they you know they get production done on time and stuff like that but i, I look forward to watching those again i think there was quite a big gap wasn't there between umbrella academy even season one to two so i don't anticipate that coming out this year but i mm. imagine it's like like you just said i think that as long as you time it right because even with the mcu there was always that element of like if there was three films coming out that year then it would be like those were like oh we we're talking about this in february oh now we're talking about this in may and now we're talking about this in november so they would take up so I think that that will still then exist in some ways because it will just be that the TV shows are filling the gaps. So the conversation keeps going and people keep speculating and talking. They'll just be that there's the, these TV series talking about that. Fucking smart. That's what I say about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you definitely. Know what I mean? it's, it's, just, it's a work of genius. Yeah, that's what I mean. Kevin Feige has been like, <laughs> like there's those people out there who then can just spend their time, you know, they can focus just on them if that's their jam because a lot of people were like that anyway, weren't they? They'll only go to the cinema to watch like the big temple MCU films and that's what they can spend their time, you know, watching all of that stuff as well. So I think in the future, like this will be a big testament to how studios will time their content, not just in terms of, like we don't want to come up against this other major temple movie it'll be that I hope that, say, something like Godzilla vs. Kong has a nice two weeks to be like, hey, I'm the big new film property out at the moment. I hope it's just not like everything else gets buried because of all these other TV shows, etc. Et so I find them being there throughout the entire year because, like you said, it'll be something to enjoy throughout the year. I just hope that there's not too much overlap. I think it's which Hollywood has been used to for years. They've had to do like, right, let's put this at this movie. Uh, we'll move that slightly because we don't want to be contending against that other similar project. So thing is, though, I think a lot of those issues get eliminated when you're on streaming, though. Because you're not fighting for box office numbers. Do you know what I mean? You could easily, if you're at home, you could go on. I'm just saying, if you're in America, right? You can go. You could watch something that comes out on Disney Plus, and then immediately go on HBO Max and watch something. Like if you're at the cinema, you're probably only going to watch one one movie that day or that weekend. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So in a way, I think that eliminates. So you could get more people by dropping stuff. Possibly, but I think there's also what we said about earlier is the water cooler effect. It's just say the boys came out this year. Imagine if like WandaVision came out at the same time. It's like, would you? would it make such a big cultural impact if there was two shows everyone was talking about because one would inevitably get drowned out or something like that? Or people would then, your casual viewers would be like, oh, which one should I watch? Oh, I'll just go watch that one, you know? Yeah. So one of them would suffer because of yeah, it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. you. You've got to be strategic with this, and this is why. But this is why I think how it's going to get very hard because there's so much content now is that where do you put it? With how, it how does it yeah. not interfere with something now? Because all these studios are just pumping out content. Not just, obviously, hopefully theatrical, but all these streaming shows. which is, It's just insane. Maybe that's where the Netflix algorithm can come in. It can be this super brain that just knows where to place <laughs> things, but it doesn't make the content. It just knows where to put it. It's like that meme of like the, the blue brain where it's like exploding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the hive mind. I, I'm going to ask you, so for 2021, what's your most anticipated Movie and TV show. <laughs> yeah. Most anticipated content. <laughs> that is the world we live in now. It's content. I know our content. friend Niall doesn't li doesn't like that word. I'm sorry, Niall. He doesn't he doesn't like being called a consumer. <laughs> 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 uh 
I would say one of my most anticipated movies is definitely The Suicide Squad, because as we've mentioned before, you know, I'm a big fan of James Gunn. I think that that film looks, to use a term I've used before, batshit crazy. And also what we saw from DC fandom shows that it's a massive cinematic experience and it looks really fun and it looks like it's really in a clear direction. It clearly has its tone and and vibe that it's going for and I have a lot of faith in James Gunn and I'm really you know excited to see a lot of these characters whereas I think you know the unfortunate thing with Wonder Woman is you know this like cheater and you know you're bringing back Steve Trevor and stuff but with this you're just like oh my god I can't wait to meet Polka Dot Man you know so it, it's <laughs> it, you know you haven't got those like Weasel. worries and like you know, yeah. I want to see Weasel <laughs> who's out there saying like that's not the Weasel that I know you know it's like so they don't need to worry about that as much and <laughs> I can just imagine that hashtag that's not my Weasel <laughs> <laughs> is that the opposite of that Cartoon Network show I am Weasel <laughs> yeah. uh, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It was one of my most favorite panels at, at DC Fandom. And yeah, I, I think it's going to be a blast. In t- terms of TV shows, um, I'm really excited for WandaVision because it is setting up this big multiverse idea, which I think is crazy and it's going to be really interesting. And I think it'll be great for the character because i love wanda and vision as characters i think they're fantastic and the more we see of it the more interesting it looks and i think a lot of the creatives and people like kevin feige have said that while we haven't been able to take as many risks in the mcu before tv is our chance to do that and i think that's why loki as well couples up with wandavision you know no Mm. disrespect to falcon the winter soldier i think it'll be great especially if they do certain things with the story as i said in our reaction episode but I think that these two properties look the most unique and the most different. And I think the Loki as well is really s- touching on some very interesting elements and some really talkie, fun talkie, stuff. Talkie, 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 talkie. <laughs> I saw some speculation about, you know, the scene where he jumps out of the plane and there's like, yeah. he's got like a suitcase, like money. Like people were saying that there was a guy who did that apparently like years ago and he went, he disappeared. It was like this man and Loki's dressed like him. So people were speculating then, like, oh, how awesome would this be? Because it's to do with the TVA. The Loki is, like, placing himself in mysteries and people in time that have gone missing or, like, have, you know, been, you know, massive urban myths, Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing. So it would be great if that plays on that, you know. So And and I think I heard somebody say that. uh, They said that wouldn't it be great if people could then something happens in life, like something disappears, like, oh, maybe Loki was behind it. I was like, that that sounds like a really fun idea. Mm-hmm. I like that. So the more I see about Loki, the more I get excited about that. I love the look of it. I love the, like, different, you know, letters mm-hmm. and the Asgard stuff and WandaVision as well. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Suicide Squad. I think Black Widow, again, I think they did the good job of that, of, like, completely taking it out of, like, the, the public eye. So I think I'm I'm ready to be excited about that again. Again, it looks like a great cinematic experience. The same for the Suicide Squad. I'm a big Kingsman fan, as I said before. I'm excited for that. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. I've enjoyed those last two films. But again, I just hope that it gets that big cinematic release that it deserves. Um, And also Eternals, I think, because that is a 
looks like it's going to be a new direction for the MCU, a kind of new Guardians of the Galaxy. Not to say that it's going to be like Guardians of the Galaxy, but that was a franchise that went off in a different direction, and I hope this does the same. It's a big cast of characters. I think there's going to be a lot to dig into with that. Lots of new, interesting places to go with it. And then, yeah, like TV show-wise, obviously the Star Wars stuff, Book of Boba Fett, mm. The Bad Batch probably might edge it out because I am such a Clone Wars fan. Um, and I think that they're going to really go into some interesting stuff about transitioning to the Empire. And then, yeah, WandaVision and Loki. Nice. Some oh. of the st- other stuff I'm a bit more skeptical. Like I said before, I'm not sure if Hawkeye is going to be this year. Mm. So I'm like, mm, we'll see. Mm, I don't know. They seemed pretty confident. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Mm. I mean, for movies... You all know my answer. My most anticipated movie is, is Dune. Like, I, I absolutely can't wait for this film. I'm such a huge fan of the book and the entire world that Frank Herbert created. It's so vast. It's so rich. It's so deep. It's just, it's amazing. Like, it, it truly is one of the greatest sci-fi epics ever, ever created in history. You know, I would say that alongside Star Wars and some of these other big blockbusters and Lord of the Rings, I hold it up there with that, but on the sci-fi side of things. And you've also got Denis Villeneuve directing this film, which is one of my favorite directors at the minute. I love every, I pretty much love all his work, so I'm fascinated that he's doing this. And then we saw from the trailer, it does look like this epic, huge orchestral-style sci-fi film, you know, with the music going on and the visuals. Like, I just, I can't wait for it. It's going to be. I have no doubt it's going to be good. It's going to appeal to my taste of movie, my taste of sci-fi. The only issue yeah. I have with this film is that I, I hope it doesn't become a sort of repeat of Blade Runner 2049, where it's this big sci-fi film that could lead up to, you know, spawn a huge franchise, which I think Hollywood is lacking at the minute. It needs a brand new f- franchise. But I am afraid it just won't get the attraction, the viewers, the audience for this film as maybe some of the other big temple films coming out this year. I don't know. I, I'm hoping, I just hope they maybe get their marketing in place to really show that this a film you cannot miss. You know what I mean? So I'm, yeah. I'm hopeful there. Two other films I'm really excited for, but big question marks because I don't know how, because I'm just curious, so, so cu- curious. Uh, first one is obviously Zack Schneider's Justice League. As people know, I'm a huge fan of Zack Schneider. I love Man of Steel. And I like BVS quite a lot. So I want him to finish his vision. I'm happy that he is going to see this vision. But at the same time, I'm so curious to see what this film's going to be. How different it actually is from the theatrical one we got by, you know, with the reshoots of Josh Whedon and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm just fascinated to see what's so different about this film. And the fact that he's been, you know, waving this flag ever since the first ju- the theatrical Justice League came out, you know, Released the Snyder Cut, people have been relentless with this hashtag, and I found it just incredible that Warner Brothers decided to go ahead and do it. I just thought, wow, like this never happens, never, never, never happens. Like probably the closest we got was with Richard Donner and his cut of Superman Two, but that wasn't only in, that was like years, years, like thirty years later that they were like, all right, you get to, you know, <laughs> come back and redo it. So the fact that they greenlit this and were like, yeah, go ahead do it giving him all this money to, to i was like wow this is this is insane and then the other one which is you all know my love for the matrix franchise is the matrix 4 mainly mm. because i have no idea what they're going to do with the story i felt the story 
ended pretty pretty well in the the original trilogy. Whatever your feelings thought about the sequels, the story ended or that particular story. But at the same time, the Matrix is such a weird world that the possibilities are kind of endless with where they could take the story. So very excited for the Matrix Four to see what uh, Lana is going to be doing with this because it is only one is only Lana Wachowski returning. So it'll be interesting to see what they do on Marvel. Like you said, I am very much excited for Eternals, big sci-fi epic. But my love of martial arts movies has me drawn to Shang-Chi because I love Eastern cinema uh, and martial arts movies. The fact that they're really focusing on that, a fully Asian cast, Asian creatives behind the movie, give it to me. I'm all about that flavor. I just hope they can pull it off. And I'm really excited about exploring a new world in the MCU. And I think this is ripe for mythology you know this could be like another asgard or a wakanda do you know what i mean i think you you got all that there uh, as for tv very similar to you most looking forward to wandavision i cannot wait for that it's just weird and wonderful and we like that's we have very similar taste in tv like that we just like weird and wonderful tv and the same goes for loki it just looks so interesting and i have no idea how they're gonna play with this because when you play with time there's again the possibilities are endless and obviously the book of Boba Fett I am so excited for. Bring back dad bod Boba Fett because I want to see him kicking ass in action. So, <laughs> yeah, those are sort of my picks for the upcoming year. Um, hopefully I'll get to see all of all the films anyway in the cinema because they're sort of towards the end of the year. Also be interesting with Shang-Chi compared to Mortal Kombat, which is meant to be coming out because I'm surprised the HBO went with that because we haven't seen anything about that. So they could have easily just like kept that for like another year or later down the line um, because that is obviously so ingrained in martial arts and that kind of stuff so i'm kind of hopeful for that as a new franchise again unfortunately it has to like it go into streaming hopefully it doesn't mean that it becomes a streaming movie or franchise because again we want these new franchises and i think mortal kombat due to the success of the games could be one of those franchises so i think the hopefully it's not like when they did like that weird Tekken movie like years ago. It isn't just like well, oh, Dragon Ball got a Z bunch movie, of like that. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was that was something else altogether. But just they don't get like a bunch of C-list actors, and it's kind of just like a really like stripped down version of Mortal Kombat. Like I hope they go for it and they can explore this world and this you know mythology and everything, so that they can set up another potential new franchise. And that's why it's interesting whether those two will conflict as well with Shang Chi and everything. Yeah, I mean. I'm not going to lie, right now I would say the brand of Marvel is a lot more powerful than Mortal Kombat. So I think I think if anyone's <laughs> exactly. going to fall short, it might be Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, but that's that's what they keep doing. They're like, oh, you're doing this thing? We'll do it first. You know, it's like, you're doing multiverse? We got well, the Spider-Verse and the multiverse. I was about to say, <laughs> that's another film I'm so intrigued to how they're going to do, and that's the Spider-Man 3 film. What, with all these cr crazy mm. casting announcements and stuff, I'm just like what are you going to do in this film? Like, what's happening? <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting. There'll be, a, they've, they've made a lot of sacrifices for this film, Jake. They've made a lot of <laughs> Do you realize how much they've sacrificed? Oh, God, I, please. Um, yeah, bring I, back I, that, I, bring it back for that line. Yeah, I think that that's, again, where I, like, struggle to, to, to think about like all these movies and everything I'm excited for because in a normal year, like say 2018, 2017, you'd be like, oh yeah, I can't wait for that, I can't wait for this. You might have seen some pictures or trailers. 
But because all of this stuff is kind of still up in the air, it's hard to get excited about not knowing what's going to happen. Um, but if we do get it, then yeah, great, fantastic. And it'll be like any other year, I suppose, isn't it? Where you get like blockbuster after blockbuster after blockbuster, which at the time on paper looks like a lot. But actually when you're like living in that moment during the year, it doesn't seem so much so. Dave, let's let's roll out of here then. So we, we've discussed, looked back at 2020, the ups and downs, and we're hopeful for 2021 that uh, we can have a much better year. But um, any final words before we get out of here about what to look forward to in 2021? I think obviously, like I said, what we've echoed before, just, you know, keep safe, you know, keep satisfied the all the pros and everything that we've got, you know, just keep happy that, you know, we're getting all this amazing content and there's plenty of watch to, you know, to keep us occupied at home. And I think that, you know, it's, it's a great time for content, you know, regardless of what happens with movies and that kind of stuff. But like you said, support cinemas where we can, when they are able to, to be opened and just use that time to sort of appreciate the things that we don't have and that we ho- will hopefully get. But we won't get all of those things unless people stick to the rules and believe in science, you know, but again, don't go down that route, but, uh, you know, (laughs) then, you know, and hopefully we're going down a better route because again, without getting into things, but it was a classic example with that Eric Kripke tweet, which I said about with the boys, it is, you know, at least we're getting rid of like the orange what's it (laughs) from uh, America, which might help things over there (laughs) because maybe they'll get a handle on their coronavirus situation and their cinemas are able to open and you know that that kind of stuff as well it's you know it's quite important to how the 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 industry succeeds so uh yeah impeach donald trump (laughs) (laughs) final words from dave impeach donald trump i'm i'm gonna be a bit more subtle uh yes (laughs) uh no i i hope again like there's plenty of stuff to look forward to on tv and you know, hopefully we can get the cinemas back open, we can get the box office running again, we can get movies going again, we can get talking about movies and being excited to go to the cinema. But people, the only way we're going to do that is if we follow the science, stick to the rules, and just please socially distance and wear your goddamn mask. Please, none of this over-the-nose shit. I'm tired of seeing this over-the-nose shit. Like, you got to <laughs> stop. you got to stop, people. Come on. Me and Dave, we need to go see these movies. Uh, but other than that, keep safe, people. You know, to, to those who are following the rules, thank you very much because uh, we want to go back to the cinema. We want to go out with friends again. We want to go back to some form of normalcy. So we hope everyone can keep doing their part. We're doing our part. What are you doing? That's all I can say. Uh, but in terms of the content, yes, we're going to be spoiled for choice. Uh, there's never going to be a Friday morning I'm going to wake up and there's not going to be anything to watch this year. So, again, going back to what I said at the top, but don't complain to me that there's nothing to watch because there's plenty to watch, people. And plenty and other ways as well. You know, if you if you feel that there's not a lot to watch, then go read something, like I said. You Absolutely. Know, comic book art does, you know, go read your graphic novels, go read comic books. Like, oh, I love that film. What's the original story behind it? And then even things like short films or smaller low budget projects i said like last year i really enjoyed uh, somebody made a gambit short film uh, which is on youtube um so play for keeps you know go check something like that out it's it's, it's fun you know we didn't get that gambit film with channing tatum maybe that's our answer <laughs> to, what, to what we watch instead yeah echoing on dave read more and not just comic books as well read more novels you know 
if you're if you never read Dune before and you're like, oh, this sci-fi film looks looks interesting, read the book because I promise you, you won't be disappointed. This is where Jake uses that Umbrella Academy power. It's like I heard a rumor yeah. you've read Dune. Read Dune, people. <laughs> and the same goes for, and if you're a Star Wars fan. A brand new era of Star Wars has just been ushered in with the High Republic. So, the, you know, a couple of books already now. Now I can't wait to sink my teeth into those. Uh, so yeah. there's so much content out there for everybody to enjoy, to watch, to read. And, you know what I mean? Set up your little group chats with friends as we've been doing and just do some watch-alongs with your pals because I could tell you <laughs> it can be quite fun. You know, on that note, I think, uh, well, let's get out of here then because I think we've said enough. All right, Dave, let's get out of here then. So with us capes cows and masks you can follow us on twitter at capes cows and masks and we're on facebook at capes cows and masks and subscribe and follow us on anchor spotify apple Podcasts, google any place you can get podcasts and if you're feeling generous especially on apple reviews give us a thumbs up give us a review because it all helps us pop up those algorithms as we keep talking about uh give us a like share unfollow and just spread the words you know what i mean we got lots and lots planned for you this year some new shows, some big discussion talks, as well as weekly reviews of all the Marvel shows coming out. Uh, so we got a lot planned for you. So if your friend, if you've got friends who are fans of any of this stuff, recommend us. I'm sure we can brighten their day. Uh, and me personally, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. That's on twi- Sweaty Jake, and I'm also on Letterboxd at Jake Hart. But Dave, what about you? What are you doing? And what where can the people find you? Uh, yeah, similar. You can catch me on Twitter at David Osger. You can also catch me on Letterbox. And thank you to there's quite a few people who like recently followed me on Letterbox. So that's at David Osger as well. And yeah, you can catch me on my website, which is freshtakehub.com. And yeah, make sure as well, just like another final message is, you know, if you are feeling the effects of like lockdown and stuff, like Jake said, you know, reach out to people and make your group chats and your messages and you know, chat people, collaborate with stuff. It really does help during lockdown when times where we have to keep indoors much and social media can be a great help during that time. So yeah, get on your socials, follow lots of different people which you might not usually follow and all of that can help. I know during this time, you know, all the memes of Donald Trump has definitely helped me. (laughs) Uh, All I can say is, thank fuck that's over with. (laughs) (laughs) Great stuff. Okay, Uh, with that, everyone, stay safe. And take it easy. Peace out, guys. Bye.